Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Good morning, friends, and welcome. If you're a guest here this morning, glad you're joining. And if you're watching this later on, uh, man, uh, I'm proud of you. I really, really am. Now, this past Sunday, last Sunday night, was our worship night, and it was pretty epic. We got to baptize people, see them just uh, commit their lives to Jesus. Uh, and then we also ordained some of our ladies. Man, it was such an epic night. And for those of you who were trying to tune in and watch it live, uh, we had some technical difficulties, so we apologize. But it is on YouTube, so you can watch that. Now, speaking about uh, awesome things, uh, we're going to be able to meet in person. Now, from the beginning of this pandemic, we wanted to be a church that was part of the the solution, not the problem. And we want to be focused on mobilizing ourselves as a church, not just meeting. But now with the lowered restrictions in North Carolina, friends, we are starting back up Palm Sunday. Yes, Palm Sunday. We're going to start off with both campuses, services there. And, and on Easter, we're going to do something that we've never done before. Now, we're going to have a Good Friday service. But on Easter Sunday, we're going to have uh, one gathering outdoors at the Hope Center, right here. And the reason why we're doing this is because we want, I mean, honestly, I want all of us to make an effort to just come out and be together and worship together. So if you want to come and just stay in your car, you can do that. But it's going to be outdoors, going to be historic because we've never done this before. I've always wanted to, but I've never got a chance to do it. And now I'm going to tell you we're doing this. So save the date, bring your neighbor and your dog. I guess you can if you want to, but it's going to be epic. In fact, we've got uh, like, um, uh, what do you call that? Uh, yeah, egg hunt. That's it, an egg hunt for the kiddos as well. So it's going to be great. I'm so looking forward to that. Now, let's talk about uh, our topic for this morning. If you've been following along with us, you probably know, you probably know that we've been in a series talking about the fruits of the Spirit. And today we are going to cover gentleness, which is the eighth fruit of the Spirit. Now, by the way, well, I mean, we've been pretty consistent. And I think, I feel like consistency should be a fruit, right? It should be. But anyways, now Galatians says this. Let me remind us about our passage. It says, and this is Paul, um, by the way, writing about this. And he tells us that the Holy Spirit wants to do certain things in our life. And he says that he wants to produce uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So let's talk about gentleness. What do you think of? In fact, how often do you use the word gentle? Anyways, like, I mean, if you th thought about it, like, no one uses the word a whole lot, right? I mean, when was the last time you used it? And what do you think of when you think of the word gentle? Now, for me, 
Uh, I think of like someone saying like gentle, gentle, gentle. And when I think of those phrases or the, the, the word repeated several times, I think, I think of someone diffusing a bomb. I, I, I do, I do. Come on, you've seen the scenes in the movies. They're like gentle, gentle. You got you to gotta cut the, the right wire. And you, if you cut the wrong wire, everything's going to blow up. And, 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 and they never do, though. They never cut the wrong wire. Have you ever seen that happen? They never do. But anyways, I think of bombs. Yeah, I think of, when I think of gentle, I think of bombs. Now, I know some of you guys, maybe some of you ladies are thinking, name really? You think of bombs? Because I think of babies. Babies, yeah. When I think of gentle, I think babies. Like, be gentle with the baby. Listen, um, uh, I won't judge you and you don't judge me. Here's why, okay? Because you want to be gentle with babies, but you find them so cute, you want to bite them. So who's kind of crazy? Okay, not me, you. Anyways, anyways. You know what? I don't know what it is. But what do you think of? When you think of gentle, do you even think about it? And why is it such an important uh, part of our spiritual maturity because we've been talking about how the Holy Spirit wants to grow these certain fruits in our lives and, and they're part of spiritual maturity and apparently gentleness is one of them. Could it be possible that there's something more about this idea of being a, a gentle person that's highly spiritual that we have not tapped into? I believe that God wants to speak to us and wants to change our minds about what it means to be a gentle person. I will tell you though, I will tell you, though, it's also one of those things, like the, the fruit or one of those uh, attributes that, that no one wants to be known for. Does that make sense? Like, like, like last week, we talked about faithfulness, right? The idea of um, uh, being loyal and committed and, uh, uh, you know, uh, dedicated. Oh, man, of course, you want to be known for those things. But being known for being gentle, I'm not quite sure. Like, I, mean, I think about it, if someone were to describe me, I mean, I don't want to be like, I mean, I, I want to be known for being like strong and courageous and brave and, and kind and faithful and strong and courageous. And did I, have I said strong and courageous? I mean, I want to be known for that. But I don't want people to look at me and go, hey, hey, do you know Pastor Naeem? He's such a, he's such a gentle pastor. No, I, I, don't wanna, I don't want you to say that. I, I, I mean, right? I mean, I don't. Because when, when you say gentle, I hear fragile. Yeah, that's what I hear. I, feel, I hear weak. Uh, I, I don't hear anything that I want to hear. So I think, though, I think it's not just me. I think it's you, too. I think it's a lot of people. We don't want to come across like that because I don't know what it is. Now, recently I was at, uh, in, in traffic, and um, I noticed something, or I should say I experienced something that we all have at one point. Um, I heard a car's engine or something, uh, like, um, from a mile away. Like, I didn't know what the sound was, but it was so loud. Have you experienced that on, in traffic? You, you hear a car coming, like, way before it actually pulls up, and then the engine is so loud. I don't know what they've done to the engine. They've thrown away the muffler. I don't know what it is. It, is, it feels like a jet plane that's crashing or something. I don't even know. And it comes, it's like, it's ridiculous. And then and you wait for it, wait for it. You're like, what is this crazy sound? And then, you know, then a, like a Honda Civic rolls up. Hey. And there's always a guy like, hey, did you hear me? And it's like, no one likes that. It's so obnoxious. Like, stop doing that. This is an 81 Honda. How dare you? Stop doing that. But people do it. And I got to be honest, ironically, I kind of even understand why people do that. Like, why they make them their cars louder or come across more powerful. It reminded me of my first 
bicycle. I, I had, it was this is in Kuwait. And I remember that my first bicycle, I put a plastic cup in the back wheel. And if there's a way, there's a trick. If you put it on the back wheel, and, and so it hits the back wheel and uh, in a right way, the back, the back wheel makes a sound and your bicycle, or at least my bicycle, sounded like a motorcycle. Yep, it did. And it was. And I was amazing. I was amazing. I don't know what it is. I, I think what we want is we want to be bigger than we are. It's innately uh, wired into us, right? We want to have a, a, a substantial influence in the world around us. We want to be known for bigger and badder. So I get it that no one wants to be known for gentleness. But I would say we are attracted to gentleness as well. We are, some, some, some reason, we're actually pulled towards it as well. And when we see it or experience it, we're like, oh, this satisfies our soul. This is so good for us. Let me explain. So let me start with a confession, okay? I don't know if it's a confession, but I, you know, I'll just tell you. I'll just tell you. I follow The Rock, Dwayne Johnson on Instagram, okay? One of my favorite accounts. I don't know why. Don't judge me, like I said, okay? I just do. I just do. And he's like this giant of a man, huge. But then he'll post a picture of him and his little daughter or his hands and with her, her hands, and he gets all kinds of, he gets millions and millions and millions. <laughs> of likes. I mean, people love that. They see him working out, that's all good, but when they see him with a little kid or they see him like being super gentle with a person, people are like, oh my gosh, I love him. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Why? We love that. We love the idea of some, seeing someone or something so supreme and huge and giant be kind and just be, be uh, uh, like, just, 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 I don't know, be so mindful and be considerate to, towards acting towards something else. I mean, we love the contrast, right? We love that. It's because of gentleness. We actually are attracted to it, even though we a part of us does not want to be known for it. See, I'm, I talk about this because I think that God wants us to, um, to show us that, that gentleness uh, is not a weak response. Like, it's not a weak response or a weak approach to, uh, towards someone else's uh, power. It's not. It's, in fact, the opposite. You see, gentleness is a powerful powerful response, a powerful approach to someone else's weakness and limitations. And that is why we're attracted to it. It actually takes a powerful person, a spiritually mature person, highly mature person to be gentle. You see, the opposite is easy, but to be gentle uh, requires so much maturity and so much, I believe, inner strength, maybe even outer strength, uh, because it's, it's very intentional. I think that's why God wants to speak to us about it. So, are you gentle with the people around you? Um, could it be possible that God wants you to be known for being gentle? What are you known for? So let, let's talk about this. Okay, so who do we go to? Who do we to go to to talk about or think about gentleness? Do we go to the rock? No. Do we go to the Lord? Okay, I know, that was like super cheesy, but this COVID thing is getting to me. People have been like stuck at home. Like, I don't know, like, sorry. Okay, that was just horrible. But anyways, it was terrible. It was terrible. But let's look at the scriptures, right? Let's look at, look, let's look at Peter and Paul. 
First of all, let's go to First Peter. He says this. You should clothe yourself instead with beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. Now, now like this guy, Peter, He's writing a passage that will be found like a, in a Hallmark card. You know what I mean? Like, that's, like, look at what he's saying. But this is Peter Peter. Like Peter Peter. Yeah, like the, the guy who was not known for being gentle. He was known for being brash. And he was known for being like really emotional and extra and signing up for all kinds of things. And yes, I will do this and making all kinds of claims. This is Peter and he's talking about being gentle. He's like the spiritual giant, but he's talking about, hey, clothe yourself with gentleness because it's ugly uh, to not be gentle. Like he, he's really going into this. I mean, again, friends, he, like what happened here? Because I, I will tell you, he spent like th- about three years with Jesus. And right before Jesus was, uh, the, the weekend he was going to be tortured and killed, do you know what happened? Like they came to take Jesus from the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you remember the story? Peter was there, and not gentle Peter, apparently, because he had a knife on him. Take this out. They were praying all night long, and Peter's packing. He's like, I don't know. Like Jesus did say, watch and pray. So I'm watching and praying. I don't know. He has a knife. And the reason why, the reason why we know this is because he tries to cut a guy. He cuts a guy's ear off. And I'm not making this up. Read the scriptures. Jesus is like, are you kidding me right now? Like we spent three years talking about love and peace and gentleness and all that stuff. And now I got to do another miracle right before I get tortured. And Jesus picks up the guy's ears and goes, okay, one more time. And that's the last miracle of Jesus is because of Peter. And then Peter has the audacity to tell us, hey, you know what you should do? You should clothe yourself with uh, beauty that comes from within and the unfading beauty of a what? Of a gentle and quiet spirit. Could it be possible that um, Peter, the reason why he says this is because he really did allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in him, to change him from the inside out. And to produce in him this, this the sense of beauty, the sense of attractiveness, the sense of people are drawn to him. And it's because he allowed the Holy Spirit to produce gentleness within him and in him. I think that's the case. It's also true of uh, uh, Paul, Paul the, uh, the apostle. You remember Paul was known as Saul. What was Saul known for? He was known not for gentleness. He was known for persecuting like, um, like radically persecuting the church. He was known for killing off early disciples. I mean, he was a ruthless um, leader, religious leader, who was bent on ending the movement of Jesus. He's known for that. He was known for that. And now Paul is writing to us. In First Thessalonians, he says, We were gentle among you, like a mother caring for her little children. He's he's writing a letter to them. He's talking about how how to behave and how they were he was trying to behave and how what was his motive. Paul is also the guy, he's also the guy that we get this list of fruits of the Spirit. Paul wrote Galatians. What's going on with these guys? They're not known for gentleness at all. And yet we find that they're talking about it a whole lot. Could it be possible that 
It's because they saw a gentleness um, um, lived out. Uh, they did. Obviously they did, right? And I think they got to a point where they realized the gentleness, again, was not, it was not, a, uh, it was not a weak response or a weak approach or a fragile approach to someone else's power. No, it was actually a powerful approach to someone else's weakness and limitations. They began to understand this. And I think they saw this in the life of Jesus. Uh, Jesus um, uh, did so many things, and, 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 and so many people wrote about him. Matthew was one of the guys. He recorded Jesus saying this once. Uh, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Um, let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And, and you will find rest for your souls. You might have heard that passage of Scripture before, but let's look at it in a different light. Could it be possible that the Scriptures here are telling us, like, hey, gentleness requires something. Number one, it, it, it does require something. I mean, let's focus on this passage here. It's saying, hey, Jesus is saying, let me teach you something. So maybe gentleness requires us to be teachable. What does that mean? What does that look like? Uh, well, it means that we need to learn to be mindful of people, to be self-aware of people. Ephesians 4 says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Again, here, Paul, who wrote another letter, which is called Ephesians, he's saying, hey, I want you to choose to be gentle, choose humility, choose to be patient, making allowance for someone else's limitations and faults. See, that's what it's saying. Be extremely mindful of this. See, when we're not mindful of what people are going through, we just assume the worst, don't we? We do. But see, we don't realize what's going on. We don't realize what's going on in people's lives, and then we add to the chaos in our lives. You know what I think? I think God says, hey, don't be a storm in someone's life. Be a shelter in someone's life. And it, it's connected to us allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us and be mindful and be self-aware. I mean, that's what happens. You see, when you are self-aware the most, I believe, is when you're spirit-aware. Like, I find myself going, God, what are you doing here? In the midst of this, what are you doing here? I speak to myself sometimes. I go, what are you doing here? Instead of me saying to myself, Naeem, what are you doing? Which I say a lot. But sometimes I just got to step back and go, what are, you, what, are you, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? You see, the Holy Spirit wants to work in us. He wants us to be mindful, self-aware. Why? Because he's, he wants us to learn and to be taught gentleness. And friends, gentleness allows us to really, really just slow down a little bit and extremely be deliberate. See, be mindful, be deliberate. What does that mean? Like, like, like I think some of us, we have like, you know, premeditated responses, right, uh, sometimes, and, and they're negative. But being deliberate is the opposite. It's being premeditated, but in a positive way. It's like knowing, in a sense, like before you uh, react, before you respond, you're going to really slow down again, be deliberate in what you say. You see, gentleness sometimes is actually a very intentional, uniquely crafted response. And you're not going to, Step into that moment. You're not going to create that space for, you, for yourself if you don't choose 
to be gentle, if you don't choose gentleness, because gentleness requires us to, be, to learn some things in a moment. You see, we enter into moments and we're just reacting. Could it be possible that God's saying, hey, when you enter into a moment, especially when it's so complicated, I want you to stop and just learn everything you can in this moment because that allows you to be just gentle, gentle. Philippians 4 says this, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. See, I love that because part of what I read into this is that, is that in every conversation, in every interaction we have with people, the Lord is near. You see, um, uh, we're all, we all, all of humanity, all of creation has got DNA in it. And so God is always near and is working and speaking in people's lives. And here he's saying, hey, um, take a moment and be gentle here because the people, the person you're talking to, the Lord is near with them. Like he's in the room with you. He's in this moment with you. So let's be gentle, be deliberate, be mindful, be self-aware. Let's be spirit aware because gentleness requires us to do that. Friends, I mean, I am I'm gentle and I choose to be gentle um, because God has been gentle to me. And when I think of all the things that God has allowed me to experience and how God has corrected me and convicted me and God has kind of moved me in a certain direction in my life, he's always been gentle. I mean, sometimes I feel like he doesn't show up. We've all felt that way. Sometimes we feel like he's doing something that uh, we don't want him to do. But in everything that he does, have you noticed? God's always gentle with you. He's always gentle. He takes all his power, all his supremacy, and just puts a kind of a um, muffler to it. You know what I'm saying? He, he just, he, he, he stops for, because he does not want you and I to be consumed with his awesomeness because there's so much of him. And so when you're so, um, you're, when, you're, you're, when, you're, when, you're, when your power is infinite, you have to choose to be gentle with the people around you. God does that with us. And do you know that you have power beyond your imagination? You really do. You might think you're powerless. You might think, well, well, Naeem, I don't know. I don't know. You know, maybe other people, not me. But I got to tell you, I got to remind you, actually, you are powerful. Your words do matter. And you might not have a position or a title. You might not have the uh, social media clout that you want to have or you think you should have. Or when you have that, you have influence. But I've got to remind you, you have power. In fact, you have power to change people's um, um, attitudes. You can walk into a place, and you know this, people have walked into places in a negative way, and they're nobodies in a sense, like they're not even part of like, the organization, and they can, as a customer, for example, they can make some noise and change everyone's mood. We all have power. See, well, gen gentleness uh, uh, asks us is that it asks us to, to restrain that power to be deliberate in that power, be mindful in that power, because it requires us to be teachable in every, in every moment. And it requires us to actually really pay attention to the life of Jesus. Jesus has always been kind. He's been truthful, for sure, but he's always been kind. I heard a quote that said that Jesus is everything that God wants us to know about him. Don't you love that? Jesus is everything that God wants to know about him at least in this existence, right? And so we look to Jesus. What did he do? Friends, he spoke truth. He spoke love. He spoke hard things. But he was always extremely gentle. I mean, you remember, you remember, and even in conflict, he was extremely gentle, wasn't he? He was he, uh, the moment with, with 
coming in between the Pharisees and the woman caught in adultery. Man, talk about being mindful and deliberate and gentle. Talk about slowing down, right? He was like, he starts drawing, he starts doing some things, and then he, he speaks with so much power. And then he talks to her with so much gentleness. See, I think some of the things that are going on in our lives just require us to be gentle. What would happen if you took gentleness and applied that to certain things in your life, certain conflict that you're having in your life, certain um, um, uh, just decisions you're having in your life? I think it will change the game for you because gentleness um, requires us to do some things, but in fact, also, as Jesus said, um, it actually rewards us as well. It rewards us with this rest that Jesus says. He says, I want you, I, I'm gentle and humble, and I'm going to give you rest. See, I think the gentleness rewards us, not just requires us, but it rewards us with rest and a peace in the most complicated things in our lives. And the most complicated things in our lives are our relationships and our decision-making, isn't it? In our relationships, gentleness gives us a sense of peace and a sense of rest in the middle of conflict. In the middle of conflict. It does. Proverbs 15 says this, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle, look at this, look what what the scriptures are saying. Wrath is uncontrolled anger, right? It is, it's, it's rage. It's unbridled anger. And here the scriptures are saying that a gentle answer has the power, has the power. This gentle answer answer has the power to restrain uncontrollable rage and wrath. I mean, look at the power of gentleness. You see, it gives us the sense of inner confidence and inner peace like nothing else. And then it says in a harsh word stirs up anger. Like, it creates all kinds of things here. But a gentle word, man, a timely word, changes the game. Have you ever, have you ever heard a message or someone say something and you go, man, that is, that, is, that, is the, that is the word. Like, I needed that word. What a timely word. I needed that. It's because the Holy Spirit uses um, gentleness um, in the midst of all the things we're going through, and it shapes our words, and it uses them with so much um, purpose in people's lives that it changes the game for them. And that's why it has the power to turn away wrath, anger, rage. Ephesians 4, 15, another passage of Paul, says, he says, instead, he's talking, he's making a case, he says, instead, we, again, he's trying to imitate Jesus, he says, we speak um, the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. Remember, Jesus is everything that God wants you to know about him. So you want to know about God? You want to know how he would act? How did Jesus act? And what's our goal? Our goal is to become more and more like Jesus. So in the midst of conflict, what if you, what if you allow gentleness in there? You were very careful about your words. I think it would change, it would change, friends, it would change the game for you. Change the game for you. 
Now, it helps with conflict and also helps with clarity. Gentleness rewards us um, with clarity. It's the strangest things, but it does. James um, says this. It's the brother of Jesus, right? He says, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It's, 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 it, first of all, it's pure. Okay, he's, he's, he basically is saying it's, it's potent. It's not like it's, the, it's like all uh, nice flattery words. No, 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 he's saying it's potent. It's like the raw stuff. It's the real deal. It's got all the vitamins. It's got all the nutrients, right? The wisdom of God. And then it says, it is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, at all times, and willing to yield to others. See, he says gentleness has the power, friends, to clarify, to bring so much clarity to what things you're listening to or hearing. You want wisdom? You want wisdom? You want to, uh, you want to figure out if that is the right answer or that's a, that's, that's a good teaching or that, that might be a true idea of who God is. If you heard a podcast, if you heard a message, and you're like, I'm not quite sure, is this God? Because their opinion of who God is and their opinion about who God is and their opinion of what I should do, I'm not quite sure. Have you ever wondered, like, hey, I'm, not, I'm confused right now. People are, aren't they? They, they, they look at sometimes as scriptures is, is interpreted, and they just, because some people just don't know how to interpret scripture, and they confuse the the junk out of people. And you find yourself, maybe you have recently, going, I gotta, I, give me some clarity, God. What is it? And here he's saying, let me just tell you, that the wisdom that comes from God is gentle. It is pure. It's potent. But it is gentle. It is yielding to others. Man, what does that look like? I think it, it allows me to do something that, that, um, that I really need in my life. And that is, it allows me the ability to put everything in slow-mo. In slow-mo. I know, I know it's, it's strange, but like, for example, like with clarity, like when I go, enter into a conversation or I, I, I enter into a situation and I'm not quite sure why someone acted a certain way and why they did what they did. I don't know. I don't know. You've been in that situation too. What do we do? We, we feel, we, we all of a sudden, when someone does something that we think they should have done, but they don't do, or they don't show up, whatever. There is a fill-in-the-blank, all of a sudden, statement in our minds. They didn't do this because da-da-da-da-da. They're lazy. They're terrible. Uh, uh, excuses again, whatever. We always have a fill-in-the-blank moment. In leadership, you always have a fill-in-the-blank moment. People don't do what you ask them to do, and you're like, am I just stupid, or maybe it's you? Like, you're like, what are you doing? And we've all said some things. We've all filled in the blanks with all kinds of blankety-blankety-blank. But here, gentleness has the power to slow-mo everything. And it says, okay, okay, okay. First of all, let's, let's just, let, it's, it's peace-loving. Let's fill in the blank with something. So I've had moments where I've filled in the blank in my mind, can, you know, responding to someone's actions, and then in a conversation with them, I've said, okay, let me, I'm going to use gentleness as a filter. I'm going to use gentle, I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to be, I, I want to be gentle with them like God is gentle with me. I'm going to tell them this hard thing. I'm going to tell them that I'm disappointed. I'm going to tell them that this was a total flop. I'm going to do this, but I am going to be as gentle as God is with me. Because again, I bring so much power. I bring so much energy. I don't want to do that. I want to do what God does when he does it to me. So then 
I have to slow down. And man, friends, when I slow down my response to people, all of a sudden, somehow I get to see something that I didn't see before. I get to see their face, really. I get to see something that's maybe going on in their soul. Friends, if we slowed down, we would actually become more clear on what's happening in people's lives before we just tell them what to do and tell them and correct them. We would actually begin to see them and then begin to care for them. See, I feel like once you begin to care for people, then you actually do a better job correcting and convicting uh, them. So let's let's allow gentleness to do that. So gentleness, could you be known for it? I think as a church, we need to be known for it. Again, it's not a weak response to someone else's power. No, no, no. It's a powerful response uh, to other people's limitations and weakness. That's what we want to be. And I hate it. I hate it. I hate to admit this, but the church is not known for gentleness, is it? No. It's, 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 it's known for being harsh. The problem is the church has become like the world. The world is harsh. It's brutal. And sometimes the church is brutal. And life is brutal. This pandemic has been brutal. It's the opposite of being gentle in every way possible. It's been so fast and harsh, and, and, and we feel like we're kind of losing or we're kind of free-falling. I want you to know something. Even though the church might not be, and, and as Mosaic, we're trying to be. I just want you to know, if you feel like you're free-falling, if you feel like you're just you're falling apart, I need you to know this. God is a gentle place to land when you're falling. He's always going to be a gentle place for you to land. I mean, that's why he's calling us to do the same, right? But I want you to know, if people have failed you, God, God won't fail you. Yeah, I know, I know. It's, it's stuff that you've done to yourself. Oh, yeah, sure. It's stuff that you've got caught up in. I get it. I know. I get it. But he's always going to be a gentle place for you to land. He's always going to treat you with gentleness. Uh, Jesus said this. He was looking uh, at Jerusalem. And at the time, Jerusalem was divided. It was brutal. It was harsh. It was unkind. Um, and it was doing all of those things, not just to foreigners. It was doing it to its own people. And uh, he, J- Jesus says this. He says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings. But you wouldn't let me. Do you see the picture that, God, that Jesus is painting of God? You who kill the people who want to do good, who want to bring good news. You who, whose first reaction is, is the opposite of kindness and gentleness. You, those people, you, I'm talking to you. You, the abuser. I've looked at you and I've thought, man, I just want to, I want to, I want to protect you. I want to be gentle. I want to cover you. Why would God do that? Have you ever thought about this? Why would God react like that? Because I think that sometimes 
a rough world and a harsh world makes us harsh and makes us just rough. And there's no room for gentleness in our souls, in our actions, in our thoughts, in our feelings. And Jesus wants to stop that. He wants to change the course. He wants to start with you. And then he wants to challenge us to do that. So let's pray together this morning. Let's allow God's gentleness to change your heart. Be willing to let him just gather you under his wings and change you from the inside out. And let's be a church that's known for gentleness. Isn't it time for us to not be known for what the world is known for? Yeah, yeah, let's be known for, let's be known for gentleness. To be people who, who choose to be, uh, who choose to know that we are powerful. We are powerful, but though we are powerful, we have a, we have a intentional response to people's weakness and limitations. Hey, let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you so much for this conversation. God, I'm so grateful for these scriptures. I thank you for challenging us this, this season that in the midst of so many opportunities for us to, to, be, um, to be harsh and brutal, to be cold and fast. God, we are gentle. We're gentle. You're gentle to us. And you're calling us to be gentle to the world, to be known for it, by it. God, I pray in Jesus' name. I, I pray in Jesus' name, God. I pray that you would challenge me continually to treat people the way you treat me. God, I pray, I pray, pray. God, speak to us now. Speak to the people and the situations that we're a part of. Allow us to know and be self-aware. Allow us to, to see what's going on. And Father, I pray, I pray that you would. And I know, I know, I know we're, that's, that, that we want this as well, that we all want this. We want you to work in our lives. So Holy Spirit, do your work. Do your work and grow in us this fruit of the Spirit called gentleness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.